1: What did everyone do around halftime of the national championship game? What would you turn over to? 65-7, the final score. I told Chad I stuck with it reluctantly um, up until like three minutes left, and then I flipped over ten minutes after that to see uh, a little post-game coverage. Chad, you uh, turned it off to watch something. Don't blame you. Dockage did the same, and uh, many of the Outkick 360 season ticket holders are chiming in.
2: Yeah, I tweeted this out just to get kind of – Take a little census of what people are watching right now. What did yeah. you turn to at halftime when it's 38 to 7 instead of the national championship game? Hit us up at Outkick360 or at the Chad Withrow with your answer. Uh, Mike says, waited for the Ant Man trailer and then changed <laughs> to 1923. A lot of people, big fans of the Sheridan verse with Taylor Sheridan because Rocky says he started watching Tulsa King. Good show. Well I'm all caught up on that one. I've heard great things. Uh, John Dunn says "Rain of Fire," a 2002 movie with Christian Bell, Matthew McConaughey, and Gerard Butler.
1: That that shows true boredom.
2: Yes, 2002. It's, you know what I'm going to do? I want to explore the early aughts That's you know what in he did. Cinema. He just typed in
1: a number, right? So let's hypothetically say you got DirecTV. Type in a number. Whatever's on there is better than this game. Let's watch it.
2: I think it'd be a fun exercise if you were just, you know, retired at 45 and had all the time <laughs> in the world to just say, what are the five biggest movies of every year? And, and then go through all. it. And I feel like that's kind of what I don't think that was one of the biggest movies of 2002. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like that's Maybe. something you get to. It's like, well, movie number five in 2002 is Reign of Fire with Christian <laughs> Bell and Matthew McConaughey. Guess I got to watch this now that this game sucks instead of watching the game. Bob says, The Recruit. Which I believe is a show on Netflix. Davey watched it, so it's a Netflix show. Uh, Pam Fur says last Pamela. episode of Harry and Meghan. Don't judge me. I watched the no Prince Harry interview on 60 Minutes in its entirety. It was a two segment on 60 Minutes interview. Uh, I find him to be both believable and unlikable at the same time, which is a difficult duo to pull off. I don't, I don't really like the guy. Um, kind of like the royal family. Patrick says Predators. He did tell a funny story, which to me was funny, about Prince William throwing him to the floor in a kitchen recently when they had a big argument, and they haven't spoken much since then, which was great. This is a movie I want to watch. Daryl says Devotion. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Hutton, it, it stars... Glenn Jacobs, who we interviewed in uh Miami Kane. at the Super Bowl. Yes. No, it's not Glenn Jacobs. What is the guy's name? It's Glenn something. He's in he's in Top Gun Maverick. He plays oh, the yes. hot shot <coughs> yes. Iceman type character yes. in that. You know what I'm talking about? Yes.
1: And now he's in another movie. Glenn that's kind Powell. Of, Glenn, Glenn Powell. He's yes. in another film that's very similar to Devotion. Top Gun. Oh, that's what I'm it? talking about. Yeah. Daryl okay.
2: said he watched Devotion on Paramount Plus. So I want to see that. Uh, Matthew says slow horses on Apple TV Plus. Another show I highly recommend. It's in season two of five right now. That's available. Um, Mary Beth says Family Feud. Hutton, multiple people, I believe you've watched the show, Mm -hmm. said that they turned to below deck at (laughs) halftime of the game. I have seen this, and, um, you know, it's it's a good background visual. This is fascinating. Someone else says 1923. Amber says the menu on HBO Max. I hear this is kind of American Psycho-like. Of a movie that a lot of people are raving about. I look forward to watching that at some point. Many people said they just went to sleep. Oh, so no one said but they stuck with the game. game. The only, there's one person who said they stuck with it. It's a Georgia fan that Damn. loved the game. How about this? The Mummy Returns? I feel like that had to be a similar time frame of Reign of Fire.
1: Uh, top this movie, must be early aughts. Top film of 2002. Best Picture, A Beautiful Mind. There you go. Russell Crowe. Good one. So where that was compared to Reign of Fire... Uh, I that's would say Renegades probably more fifteenth
2: on the list. Bad Therapist, The Pale Blue Eye with Christian Bell. Christian Bell showing up twice: one in 2002, one a current movie that's on Netflix where he plays a detective that's at West Point, uh, I believe, investigating some murders. And Edgar Allan Poe is actually in the story. There's a younger uh, actor playing Edgar Allan Poe. Evan says The Northman on Prime Video enjoyed that a great viking movie you've told me to see that yeah i think you'll like it it's very primal it's a, it's a very primal movie right.
1: i think you'll love it if prima is involved i'm watching so oh
2: there's yeah there's the viking version <laughs> of prima which i don't think they have to state prima nocte so, so. pretty sure the vikings just that's their thing you know prima from the brave heart it's just done at all times right they don't write it up in some creed or it's anything. not by royal it's right. just you just take yes you plunder that's what you do as a viking so, um, Prima
1: Nocta maybe you know, added on. We, we would joke, Chad and I, about Saban's, you know, contract extension. At some point, you give him the lifetime extension. You can only add other things to it. Um, it sounds like Harbaugh is going to get an offer, uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, reading the story at Outkick, from Denver for the Denver Broncos, and they're opening where Nathaniel Hackett's been out. And right now, among the the jobs, that's the clearest-cut picture so far with the names that we've seen uh, circulating. Now, some of these, like in Arizona, ownership's going to hire the general manager first before the coach. So their requests have all been for general manager interviews. Uh, Meanwhile, the Panthers, with Matt Rule out, they've had the interim there. Um, With Steve Wilkes, he's scheduled for his interview in, in Carolina, as is Jim Caldwell, the former Lions and Colts head coach. Ken Dorsey, Bill's offensive coordinator, they have requested to speak with him. Along with Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator, who had a top five offense. Jared Goff had his best statistical season in his career this past season. They could put up points, and Carolina wants to talk to him, as does... Um, Indianapolis, reportedly. And Frank Reich. Frank Reich has scheduled an interview in Carolina to, uh, for, the, for the head coaching position. Mike Kafka, Giants offensive coordinator, and um, there are a couple of others there. The uh, positional uh, interviews are taking place, too, with Cleveland and, and others. But specifically with uh, Jim Harbaugh, they've already completed his interview. Officially in Denver, and that's the one to watch at least first because the dominoes fall after that. Who knows what Houston ends up doing?
2: We'll ask John McLean that question. Jim Harbaugh was forty-four, nineteen, and one as an NFL head coach. You cannot do better than him for any of these teams. Am I crazy? Just based on his, it's him or Sean Payton. When you look at the NFL today, I mean, what is that comparable to in terms of coaches? Kyle Shanahan. And what he's done in San Francisco, yeah. that's probably even better than his record if you looked at it overall percentage-wise. I mean, it got a little kooky late in San Francisco, I know, but his track record <laughs> is as good as anyone you're going to bring in and hire. I- I'm surprised there's not multiple teams after him. Now, the X factor in all this is going to be Sean Payton if he wants to get back in the mix, if someone's willing to trade for him to be a coach. But if I'm going just... Proven hierarchy of available coaches that you could hire. Sean Payton one, Jim Harbaugh two. Yeah. I don't think there's any any debate about it. That'd be a great hire for the Denver Broncos. Um, it would be a bad blow to Michigan and their program, but I think that would be a terrific hire for someone. Well, and then the other one, like
1: Sean McVay says he's still undecided on what he wants to do. Um. This still feels like last year, where he was undecided. It was for a bit. And then he got with it. The veterans convinced him, hey, come back. You, were, you have us here. Uh, they end up giving Aaron Donald the, the big contract extension and money without actually extending years. They just gave him a massive raise. And they tried to run it back, and then all those dudes got hurt. And really, at the end of the year, Sean McVay, by coming back, ends up, crazily enough he's going to end up getting Baker Mayfield an opportunity somewhere else or there. Um, but he, you want to make up your mind sooner rather than later if you're not just McVeigh, but if the Rams. I don't think they just elevate someone internally. I don't think that would be the case. I know they have Raheem Morris there. Um, but I'm also like, Liam Cohen's going back to college. He's going to be the offensive coordinator in Kentucky. And by all means, we, we've seen it before in both sports where you take a job and then you get a better offer and you leave. But the potential of Dallas opening up the potential of the chargers opening up based on this weekend's results. If I'm the Rams, maybe it doesn't matter because they have no draft picks to restock their veterans that could be out. If I'm the Rams, I need to know if McVay's back or not, because I want to get a jump start on those.
2: Yeah. I don't think it's too out of, out of the ordinary, however you want to describe it to just say, take a week and decide. If you're if you're Sean McVay, I mean, I, I look if I'm the owner of that team, and you're paying Sean McVay what you pay him, yeah. to coach the team, I, I don't like statements like, "Well, I don't know, we'll see." Um, I'm not going to say, "Hey, you know, have me an answer tomorrow morning so we can move on." If you're not in this thing, I, I wouldn't go that far with a guy who just won a Super Bowl the year before. But I do come to him and say, "You know, we got to make plans with who we're going to bring in. You know, draft coming up, a lot of different decisions we're going to have to make." So. Can you make up your mind in the next, I don't know, month, two weeks? How long is it going to take for you to make a decision where you tell us if you're in or out? We're not going to hold it against you one way or the other, but if you want to step aside and go do something else, we're going to need to know in some sort of time frame. Yeah. You can't just string this thing out all off season and get away for a while and then come back two months later and decide, oh, yeah, now, now I'm going to leave.
1: Well, and it's not even two months later to decide. I mean, he's had a year to decide, really, if you think about it. Because he was contemplating, and then he's still giving. He gave a lengthy explanation of his thought process for retirement. But it, you know, they—the old saying goes: if you're thinking retirement, with the time commitment and everything that's involved, and among the the individuals in the league who may have the biggest regret of deciding to come back for another year, it might be McVeigh at the top of the list. With that being said, I think he's headed to TV, and. I think he's like a a lot of coaches. They don't want to give up everything in that end-of-season press conference. You know, you can be forthright and honest without saying exactly what you're going to do. And then you allow everything to happen where he makes the retirement announcement and then almost instantaneously, the network that's hiring him makes that breaking news.
2: Yeah, I, I would just want... I think it's a fair amount of respect on both sides that if you're Stan Kroenke you go to your coach and say, let's just – I'm not going to push you on a decision. Yeah. But you need to do what's best for us too. We've been very good to you. You've been very good for us. But let's do something respectful and not take too long to make the call. You need to set your own parameters on some sort of deadline to decide whether or not you're going to continue being the coach or not.
1: And it really – I mean, Cronky and others, they, you know, F them picks. They get the Super Bowl, and now it's just kind of like, well – what do they have left right now? How do I was you thinking about it? that
2: yesterday morning when doing some reading on that. That has not aged well, but yet they still have the Super Bowl. Right, they have so the trophy. So if that's all that you want is go for broke for the one Super Bowl and you don't want sustainability as an organization, then they were successful. And they, they probably look back on it and think, hey, it was, it was fun to yell that over and well, over. But I look at it and think, when you're that bad the next year and now you're in the situation you're in, it can't be. It takes one didn't age as well
1: as they thought. Mainly because you don't know Stafford's health status. You know, um, he says he's not retiring, but the elbow held him back last off season. Now he has the back issue and the off season ailments again, and you don't know where he's going to be. If they had him coming back and he was playing at the level he was a year ago at this time, they're still that, that window's still going, right? Because you have Cooper Cup and you bring in Allen Robinson, and it, you you still have uh, Acres at running back defense um, with some high-paid players, different story. And now it's, okay, how do, you, how do you bridge the gap if he's not ready to go week one, which may be the case, which is why they even signed and picked up the option for Baker Mayfield. What, where does, uh, From Sean McVay to Sean Payton, Michael Strahan asked Sean Payton on a scale of 1 to 10 if he was going to coach or be in TV in the next season. Here is Sean Payton's answer on Fox. Okay. I got two quick questions. One, uh, the flattery was really nice, what you said to us. One through ten, what are the chances you'll be here next year with us? Seven. Okay. Oh, um, okay seven. Seven, meeting seven, meeting seven good? Okay. Likely? We should ask Eric that question. Okay. Eric <laughs> Shanks. And, and, and seven. Seven. <laughs> but number, the, the second
0: question was, if you are here and if you are not, how
1: important is craft services to your decision? Because you eat a lot of food. <laughs> oh, my Here's God. <laughs>
0: Listen. Hey, your, your nickname around here is Snack Bar.
1: Yeah, uh, Sean Payton can get the uh, craft services snack bar anywhere, I think.
2: Yeah, th- that could be put into any contract that he signs with an NFL yeah. team, too. And he can get exactly what he wants on that snack bar.
1: What's interesting is he's, he's answered direct questions about what he would do to fix Russell Wilson. And it, it, the 7 out of 10, to me, factors in with New Orleans as much as anything. You know, how realistic is it that they're not going to budge on a first-round pick in exchange for him? And he kind of knows it. So that's why it's 7 out of 10 more than it is him really wanting to get back in coaching. He's just got to wait out the contract.
2: you got to really love Sean Payton to give up that first-round pick. I mean, You know right away that, boy, this organization really values me if they're going to give up that to sign me to a lucrative deal also on top of it. They're going to show you how much they love you with how much they pay him to be the coach. But on top of that, you're sacrificing a first-round pick, which when you're Sean Payton, you don't want them to have to do that. Because you want your first-round picks when you go to a place and you're going to be a new head coach.
1: If he's paired with the right quarterback and you give up the first-round pick in exchange for what we were just discussing with the Rams, though, then it would be this year's I'm pick. I'm not
2: sure there's any fixing Russell Wilson
1: right now. I'm not even – like, I'm pairing him with Brady. Uh, put him with Brady in Miami with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, that's a – I would trade this year's first-round pick for that.
2: It's just a crazy world we live in but where they, you know they have their stripped. You can look you can look defeat and failure in the eye as an NFL coach and yep. see what's on the horizon and just say, "No, I'm good. I'm a pretty good-looking guy. I'm a well-spoken guy on football. I'm just going to go make millions in TV and then basically go in front of America in a job audition every Sunday." and talk about football, and every owner across the league can watch me talk about football and see how smart I am talking about football. Then they can look back at my overall record, and I'm going to make millions more to be a coach whenever I'm good and ready. It's a great life. Sean Payton's doing it. John Gruden did it. Sean McVay may be about to do it, who is a Gruden disciple. That's good work if you can get it.
1: Sure. And then Jerry Jones comes calling.
2: (laughs) He opens up the well, Jerry Jones, I saw where Stephen A. Smith was ranting about this today, and I actually agree with him on this. No matter what Jerry Jones says, I believe Mike McCarthy is cooked if they lose. Oh, yeah. Monday night.
0: And he's saying yes.
2: things like, no, oh, no, we're fully committed. Nope. I think he's done, and they're going to go all in on Sean Payton.
1: Fully committed on winning. That's the caveat to it. Uh, John McClain does the same. Fully committed. And whenever we come back, we'll go through the coaching openings, but we'll also preview the playoff you know, bracket.
2: Even when John McClain signs up for a role as an actor, and he is an accomplished actor, fully committed is what his directors would call his performances. Oh, no doubt.
1: And John's
2: always fully committed.
1: You know, I have Details on some interesting comments from RG3 and the opening now in Houston and what we're seeing from management in Houston. Some, some other interesting comments about... General manager, head coach, and the power hierarchy there. That's next now, Kick360.
0: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady.
2: A Netflix live event happening May 5th.
1: We'll start on Outkick 360 with John from gallerysports.com on TCU and Georgia last night. That was over in the first quarter. John, how are you? Not sure. He- John's he- muted, it looks like. Yeah. Try it now, John.
0: Yeah, it's the first time I've ever done this. Sorry <laughs> about that. Well, you're good. I'm surviving on about three hours sleep. I went to the game on Mattress Max Jett, as his guest, stayed in a suite, sat, sat in a state, watched in a suite. I hadn't been to SoFi Stadium. I knew it was going to be great, and it was. Uh, got chauffeured to games and and uh, uh, brand-new Range Rovers. It was first class all the way. But there were so many TCU fans with us, around us. I felt terrible for them. I thought they would lose, but I also thought – they would play a better game. Everybody thought they'd play better than that. That's was the most lopsided in history. And for Mattress Max uh, purposes, he needed them to come within 13 so he could win $9 million, but they didn't. It was a blowout. It was ugly. There were a lot of sad fans walking around in purple at SoFi Stadium, and I was happy for the Bulldogs. They're one of the greatest teams in history that went two in a row. Now we'll see if they can make it three in a row.
2: What was mattress Max demeanor like John watching watching that game with him?
0: Well, he didn't actually go to the game. He don't watch games he bets on. Hmm. I don't think he watches them on TV when he bets on big games like that and um, because he thinks it makes gives him bad luck. plus the fact you can imagine you got that kind of money in there. I'm guessing you're walking around. You're worried. You're getting is gnawing at you. But he had to have known pretty soon he wasn't going to win win that bet. He wins a lot of them. He loses some. But I I recorded a video with him that I do uh, usually every Monday. We did one this morning uh, since the game was last night. And it's funny that you can kind of like, hey, you win some, you lose some. (laughs)
2: Did you get hit with any of the rain that was coming in sideways into SoFi Stadium last night? I I saw reports of, of rain actually getting to the field.
0: No, we got hit with rain. When our jet landed, we had to switch airports. When we went to the game, when we walked into SoFi Stadium, coming out, it was terrible. And on the jet, when we got on it, it was like being on a ride at a state fair. It went straight up to get through the bad weather.
1: John McClain with us. John, we see Seattle get to the postseason. And on the opposite side, Miami makes it in as the seven seed. Um, Seattle's one of the better stories of the entire season. And Chad and I were discussing that the uh, going into Sunday Night Football, the storylines that everyone was talking about, and certainly we were too. Green Bay, possibly Detroit having a chance. Turns out that didn't happen for Detroit, but they end up knocking out Green Bay. And here's Seattle, the team that, We've all been talking about, except for the last couple of weeks, um, getting getting a chance to to hit the road and win a playoff game this weekend.
0: I wrote a column last week with my award winners, and uh, I picked uh, Geno Smith as Comeback Player of the Year. When I look at all the teams and what I thought they might be able to do, Jacksonville improving by three to nine victories was something I had no idea about. And that's why I have Doug Peterson as my coach of the year. But the Seahawks, we all thought they were going to be competing for a high draft choice because Geno Smith was going to be their quarterback. And what in the world did Pete Carroll see in him that would make him trade Russell Wilson? Now, when you saw the draft haul that he got for Russell Wilson, okay, that's a little understandable, but they still needed a quarterback. Couldn't be Geno Smith, and he's about to set – Franchise record for yards. I think he already did. And um, I love a great comeback story. Pete Carroll, you know, he and John Schneider, the GM, knew things we didn't. And I still think it's ridiculous. The Packers lost at home to the Lions to knock them out of the playoffs. A lot of people are glad because they think Aaron Rodgers got his comeuppance. It says so much about the Lions that they had nothing to play for and they still did it. So it'd be something if Seattle pulled an upset. I don't expect it, but, uh, you know, it's got to be very rewarding for Pete Carroll and John Schneider to have all that grief all through the offseason and now be in the playoffs.
1: Do you see a scenario where Mike McCarthy is out with a loss this weekend to Tampa?
0: Absolutely, Jonathan. There are people, despite winning 12 games in back to back seasons, for the first time since the Jimmy Johnson era, then, uh, yeah, most people think he wants to hire Sean Payton. Sean Payton said on TV that the first thing he's going to look for is ownership. Well, he knows Jerry Jones very well. They're friends. But he also knows Jerry's general manager. And Jerry has final say on everything. Sean Payton doesn't just want final say over personnel. He wants final say over how many pens and pencils are used? He wants control of everything. He could get it in Arizona. They got a coach, GM uh, jobs available. He could they could package them for him. Uh, Denver's got a GM, George Payton. The, the uh, Greg Penner, the CEO, says each will answer to me. Coach doesn't answer the GM. That's a recipe for disaster. But the Cowboys, some people think they got go to go the Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy to win that job third season in a row and Jerry Jones says thinks his team should win at least 12 games every year so that's probably not a big deal to him but uh, we'll see because if they win it I won't be surprised even though Dak Prescott has stunk it up lately and if they lose to Tom Brady and he's hot in the playoffs I won't be surprised either
1: is there another coach other than McCarthy you feel like could lose this weekend and they're
0: out Oh, boy, you caught me off guard with that one. I haven't thought about it a lot. Uh, Todd Bowles, you know, when he was with the Jets, he won 10 games once and then he got fired. And they haven't been able to run the ball. And I'm not so sure if Bruce Arians was there, they'd be any better. But, you know, if Tom Brady's going to leave, then Bowles might keep his job for a year. There's talk that Byron Leftwood, their offensive coordinator, could be gone. Mm. And he's been talked about as a head coaching candidate uh, since before Brady got there. So, Todd Bowles, I'm guessing, would be a possibility, especially if Tom Brady says, you know what, I think we need to change coaches.
1: Yes, and, and final one that comes to mind for me, Staley in, in L.A. Any any chance there?
0: There was talk that if he didn't make the playoffs again, they might fire him and then make a run at uh, Sean Payton. But Tom Telesco is a very respected GM. I wouldn't see that. And Justin Herbert, who wouldn't want to work with a young quarterback like Justin Herbert? But I think the fact that he did make the playoffs, he had a bunch of injuries at the skill positions. He didn't make as many dumb calls as he did going it on fourth and impossible situations. I think no matter what happens, Brandon Staley will be back.
2: John Robert Griffith III tweeted out the Houston Texans have fired Lovey Smith after 1 year using two blackhead coaches to tank and then firing them after 1 season shouldn't sit right with anyone. What do you make of that allegation that's been thrown out there by a former Baylor Bear?
0: I have great respect for RG3 but two using two coaches to two coaches to tank is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I I don't know how many games Robert covered here, how many practices or meetings he's gone to. I always get a big kick out of people around the country who think they know what's going on when they don't. David Culley was hired. They were four and 13. They fired him because they were going to hire Josh McCown. Then they came to their senses and they elevated Lovey Smith as kind of a compromise candidate. And if they'd have been better this year, Lovey Smith would be here but they were worse under Lovey Smith. And one of the reasons he had Pep Hamilton as his offensive coordinator. And I thought Pep did a terrible job with the offense. Davis Mills regressed in alarming fashion. And Pep Hamilton had control of everything on offense. And I see Lovey lose his job. That's three consecutive blackhead coaches they've had Romeo Cornell, interim coach, David Culley, and Lovey Smith. And I don't see anybody. When they hired Lovey Smith, giving them any credit for hiring back-to-back blackhead coaches. But now, of course, they're getting blasted, and they knew they would. And Nick Casario, the general manager, his job this time next year will be on the line because he's got to make sure this coach is going to be uh, somebody that is good and shows improvement because they're loaded. With draft choices, they've got 11, two first-round picks, second overall, got 10 next year and got room for the first time. So they're – and John Mechie, who missed this year because of leukemia, he was a second-round pick. They expect him to come back like an additional two. So they're in a position to succeed. But, uh, yeah, I – I, you know, they knew they were going to get that kind of criticism. And they gotta do what they thought they needed to do. And if they think it helps them win better, they got it. And the next coach may be black. Everybody here wants them to hire D'Amico Ryan's the 49ers linebacker, who's one of the most popular players in history. Here.
2: John, you mentioned it, you know, they knew they were gonna get criticism and the optics of it, people are gonna look at that. What this shows me is that at least one owner of the thirty-two isn't really concerned with Brian Flores' lawsuit having any merit to make a move like that. They don't really seem concerned with the optics of it, I guess is what I'm saying. And in a more sensitive time, if they felt like there may be some really bad things in this lawsuit and we could be liable, I I would think that they may be more reluctant to fire a blackhead coach after one season. Maybe I'm wrong, but you bring up a lot of great points being right there in Houston covering that team. Curious to get your thoughts on this. Any chance Josh McCown's name comes back up with Houston after the love affair they had with him a year ago? Do they revisit that?
0: Uh, No. I got a better chance of coaching this team than he does. That was all driven by Jack Easterby, and he got fired. And, no, they're not afraid of optics. You know, they can come back and say, hey, you know, we've had a black general manager. They can talk all the minorities they've had. They've had Hispanic assistant GMs, VPs of communications who were minorities, coordinators who were minorities – and the league's not going to do anything to him. And Flores added them to his lawsuit because he said that he would have been hired. No, he was not going to be hired. He's saying he didn't get hired because of the lawsuit, which did not originally include the Texans. No, he didn't get hired because they were hiring Josh McCown at one point, not him.
1: With uh, with, with Casario, I know he's referenced a couple of times in a, in a presser, John, that, well, maybe – my line of thinking as general manager is not going to pair up well with the new head coach, and I'm paraphrasing. You'll correct me. But does that mean that they would structure the power uh, maybe a bit different if they get the right coach? And I wonder who that would be.
0: First of all, Casario has it in his contract. It's a six-year contract for $5 million a year. He's, he was hired two years ago this week. Took over a terrible situation. As I mentioned earlier, what he's lined up – as far as the cap and draft choices, he's done a good job. He hadn't done a good job hiring coaches, but there were a lot of circumstances behind the scenes here with these two head coaches, with David Cully and Lovey Smith, that were not him just interviewing people and hiring a guy that he wanted to hire and absolutely believed he was the one to help this organization. And and I thought, Casario, now I wasn't at the news conference, I was at the college football playoff. But I read all the transcribed quotes, and I'm writing a column about this on Wednesday for Gallery Sports. Some of the things that he said were absolutely preposterous, and that was one of them, and he alluded to it more. And people are wondering, well, why would he say that when he has final say on personnel decisions? And has pointed that out several times in his news conference. They're not going to hire Sean Payton. They'd have to fire him. They're not going to hire Jim Harbaugh, who also would want control of everything. If they were interested in doing that, they should have fired him and paid him four years off to go away. But no, I don't know what that man. I've got to check that out and try to find out because it's not the kind of confidence you want to hear from a general manager. Just like he said, he wants to get more people in the building involved. And I'm thinking, well, you had already four or five. What do you want to do? The PR guys, the groundskeepers? I mean, that was ridiculous too.
1: Uh, A player you know well in uh, DeAndre Hopkins, there's a report from Jordan Schultz at The Score that uh, Arizona Cardinals plan to try and trade the former All-Pro wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. You've certainly seen him traded before for basically nothing in return. Chances are they're getting more in return uh, this offseason than what the Texans did when O'Brien traded
0: him. Well, first of all, um, he's coming off a, his worst season. Started with a six-game suspension. It injured with with missing two games because of injuries. I don't know what they would get for him. I don't know why they would unload him because he's Kyler Murray's favorite target, and you don't do things to diminish your your offensive capacity uh, at a time when a new coach is, is turning over a franchise. They don't have a whole lot of weapons, and he's one of them, and he's still... Dangerous. I don't think they'd get a first-round pick for him at this point in his career, but I'll be surprised if they trade him because then they lost Christian Kirk to the Jaguars in free agency last year. He was their number two receiver to Hopkins, and if they're going to trade Hopkins this year, what does that do to their offense? And right now, Kyler Murray is not going to be available for the start of the season. So that could be out there. Maybe he wants to be traded I don't know, but I'll be surprised if he actually is.
1: John, let's run through the six games, and you give me uh, your, your picks and why as we start with NFL wildcard uh, weekend on Saturday. Things kick off with the Seahawks on the road in the division against the
0: 49ers. No way I'm picking against the 49ers and, and Brock Purdy. My goodness, the guy had another great game. It's unbelievable. Everybody, and I've talked to a lot of former players about this, has expected him to, okay, he's been playing really well. They've been protecting him with their calls and their defense and their running game. He's going to have at least one bad game. And they better hope it's not in the playoffs. So you know what? They better hope it's not in the playoffs. But their defense is great under D'Amico Ryans. They run the ball well. They're getting healthier. Nick Bosa is going to be a runaway defensive player of the year and uh, I think they will beat the Seahawks pretty handily. Seahawks would have been a, were a nice story. They needed help from the Lions and the Packers to get in the playoffs. Geno Smith's a great story. He didn't play real well in his last game, but I don't see him doing well against this defense.
2: Quick aside, John, on Brock Purdy. Are we witnessing another Jer- Jeremy Lynn Lynn Sanity-type story of a shooting star, or is Brock Purdy here to stay as a star quarterback in the NFL?
0: Isn't it interesting, Chad because they traded three number ones, got one back, so essentially two number ones to get Trey Lance. Nobody thought Trey Lance was the prospect, and Kyle Shanahan did. When he got to play this year in preseason against the Texans, he was mediocre. He started against the Texans at the end of last season. He's okay. 49ers won at Levi's Stadium, and then this year he got hurt. Didn't Nobody was like, wow, he's going to be worth it. And here and here comes the Brockster, Mr. Irrelevant, and he looks like a legitimate NFL quarterback. So I they're gonna have competition next year before but, but with the guy that Kyle Shanahan loved, and the guy Kyle loves. And that's gonna be a great storyline for them. Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, will have a new zip code.
1: John, I'm trying to move quickly here, but how many more starts would Purdy have needed to win Offensive Rookie of the Year?
0: Well, he'd had to been there, I think, at least three quarters of the year to be in line for that award. My pick, Kenneth Walker, the third running back for the Seahawks. He was in a bunch of games. I think he started ten, yeah. and that's the one I picked. But Purdy, I think, would have had to have started three quarters.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think Kenneth Walker, the third, didn't even start until week six. To your point.
0: Yeah, he just came off the bench.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, so we've got the 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 49ers advancing per John. Jags hosting the Chargers, and uh, an intriguing one between Herbert and Lawrence.
0: Boy, uh, I'm not going against the red-hot Jaguars. I did last week, and uh, I lost, so I'm sticking with Trevor Lawrence. They're on a roll. They're at home. I think it's great for the fans. They've been great fans for a long time, even the ones that bothered to show up. So give me Duval.
1: Chargers Jaguars are one and three. in three. Duval County. Chargers one in three in outdoor games this year. I don't know if that factors in in Florida or not. Um, but there you go. Florida, by the way, with three NFL teams in the postseason. Um, Dolphins, Good for them.
0: I don't know how much longer that's going to last.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Big year uh, for jorts. Y- yes, yes. Uh, Dolphins-Bills. Dolphins get in, but, man, they're banged up.
0: They played their best game in a loss at Buffalo. To Tua tongue Loa was healthy. No way they're going to win this game. I don't care who plays quarterback because the Bills are America's team right now because of what happened to uh, Hamlin.
1: Vikings hosting the Giants in uh, the 3.30 Central, 4.30 Eastern matchup Sunday on Fox.
0: Vikings had a big time improvement under first year coach Kevin O'Connell. A lot of people want the Giants to win and maybe they will. The Vikings are, you know, I have a negative point differential, but I'm going with Minnesota. They've done a great coaching job and a great playing guy, job for the Giants. They don't have a lot of playmakers, they don't have a lot of stars. And I think the Vikings will do a good job against Saquon Barkley.
1: Roquan Smith just got a big contract extension in Baltimore. Now we await what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson saga both this week and this offseason. Baltimore back on the road. They are facing the Bengals again for the uh, second consecutive week. And they start at, on Sunday Night Football. Excuse me. Sunday Night Football uh, is the matchup between Baltimore and Burrow.
0: Now I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to play next season. He certainly hadn't helped his contract status, wanting, uh guaranteed money like Le- uh, Deshaun Watson got. And I think even though they they their defense is really really good, that trade for Raquan Smith was tremendous. I don't understand why the Bears, with a hundred million dollars in cap room, let their best defensive player get away. Now they need a defensive player desperately. Think how good they'd be if they took Jalen Carter or Will Anderson and they had Roquan Smith right behind them. But maybe that's because they're the Bears. And uh, I think Cincinnati will win. Cincinnati's won, what, like eight in a row? And I think they're on the roll at just the right time.
1: Yeah, the second hottest team only to San Francisco, who's won 10. Uh, Tampa Bay hosting Dallas, a rematch from week
0: one. This one intrigues me because Dak Prescott has not played well. Cowboys got a good running game, good pass rush. They force a lot of turnovers. Buccaneers can't run. The three of us could run better than the Buccaneers are running, but it's Tom Brady. He's at home. He's in the playoffs. If he's got the ball last, he's going to win. I want to pick the Buccaneers, but I just think the Cowboys are too talented. They're not going to lose two games to the Bucks in one season. I'm going to Dallas on the road. It's been 26 years since they won a Super Bowl. Think I'm, how much of the nation's population wasn't born the last time the Cowboys yeah. won a Super Bowl. Well, it's not going to be this year, but I think they're going to beat the Buccaneers.
1: Every quarterback except for Mahomes was less than a year old at best in the AFC. Isn't I, that
0: unbelievable? Yeah,
1: the last time <laughs> Dallas won. That's crazy. Mahomes twenty seven, and everyone's younger than him in the AFC. Yeah,
0: I'd like to say I had been born at that point, but that's not <laughs> quite true. I was forty five. Yeah, the you were hanging at the White House. I heard
1: you were hanging at the White House. H- H-
0: I just started hanging out with <laughs> you guys.
1: <laughs> that's that's right. You had uh, John. Thank you as always. Um, get some rest. Three hours sleep. You know, from yesterday to uh, tonight. Uh, I'm sure you're about to uh, hit the hay. So enjoy the games this upcoming weekend.
0: Yeah, I got four more talk shows to do. <laughs> Jonathan Chadlack, thank you guys the work very never much. Stops. Congratulations. Congratulations to Bulldogs.
1: Yeah. Hey, and galleriesports.com as well, doing great work. And uh, you can catch John and Mattress Mack on there. The three sports.com. of us ever
2: run the football, like John said. John, you can lead block for me any anytime. How about that? <laughs> thank you Jay can be my lead blocker like, thank anytime. Thanks, I don't John. I know he's losing some weight. I see, I see
1: he's dropping the pounds though. I don't know if he could be the lead blocker anymore. It's like I, Taylor Lewan.
2: That's more and I'm I'm not very fast now, but that's more. I feel like I may be slightly more nimble than John <laughs> running it. That's no knock at your weight, John, or your <laughs> I, I, that's just more. I would rather the ball be in my hands uh. than yours is what I'm saying.
0: When I move, I look like a bronze statue.
2: <laughs> no doubt.
0: Thanks, guys. Thanks, thank John. John.
2: John McClain
1: there. EA Sports removing something from the Madden video game. We've got that, plus an apology involving the same topic. That's straight ahead on Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I felt like we've heard one of the more contrite apologies uh, in the NFL in a long time from Alex Highsmith, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers player, with a celebration this past weekend where he was like mock CPR in a celebration. Now, we've seen this throughout the league. Players down, um, you know, lay on his back after a second. Another player comes in in a celebration and, like, revives him, right? But Highsmith meant no—he just wasn't thinking. He's done this in the past, and then after the game, he's like, I just don't want people to think of me that way, and I was doing—that I was doing anything intentional— because I would never ever 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 want to do that intentionally and I never ever would do that. And he goes on to you know apologize to Hamlin and the family. Um you know because we're less than a right out a week uh, removed, less than a week removed from that. I just want people to know I have nothing but love for DeMar and his family. When that happened, I was shook for a couple of days. Me and my wife, we were watching the game, we immediately saw it intentionally started praying, intentionally prayed for him. Goes on to say um I just want people to know there's nothing intentional about the CPR celebration. It was never planned. None of that. I believe them. Um, I believe them too. Madden and EA Sports, they're removing that celebration. How 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 much do we see it in the game? It's a celebration on a video game. They're removing that from the video game. Whether or not it's warranted, um, you know, whatever. But I don't know if people were clamoring for that to not be a celebration.
2: Cancel culture strikes again. we got to get I rid guess. of the CPR just,
1: celebration now. I think they just didn't want to be potentially mocked for it whenever the next version of the game comes out.
2: I mean, it, first off, it doesn't matter enough to either be included in the game or not. So I guess well, just remove it because it I doesn't really... I think,
1: to me, they don't want someone doing the celebration on Damar Hamlin who's in the video game.
2: Well, and they don't want... Other people to do it, seeing it on the video game, and start but mimicking it. it. Yeah.
1: This is the visual of it. They're removing it all together. They're what? saving themselves the headache. Whatever. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not a. Gamer. The good news is, Demar Hamlin's doing very well. Headlines next.